Coming out of week three of the college football season, the Cowboys are 3-0 after a 21-20 victory against the Broncos this weekend. It hasn't always been pretty, but we'll take a win anytime we can. Today we're looking at what went right for the Cowboys and what went wrong against Boise State. Plus, Josh, John, Stephen, and I talked about the rumors of Big 12 coaches eyeing the USC coaching vacancy all on today's episode of Locked On Pokes. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your Oklahoma State daily podcast here on the Locked On College Network. I'm your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties, an avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked On Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows Every weekday here with Locked On Pokes. There's no better place to get all your Big 12 conference news than the Locked On Big 12 podcast hosted by Josh Neighbors. Follow the Locked On Big 12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're going to talk about what went right in this weekend's matchup against Boise State. Week 3 MVP Jalen Warren ran for 218 yards and two touchdowns, quite literally putting the offense on his back. My buddy Dave that last week let me know kind of what we were going to be looking at in the matchup against Boise State. You know, we kind of went back and forth about the lack of run game from both teams, and he messaged me partway through the first half and said, I thought you said you didn't have a rushing attack, and, you know, we didn't, but we do now, and it felt so good to see Jalen Warren break off that huge touchdown run 75 yards to the house, untouched. It, it was refreshing to see that happen again. So I'm just glad that the, the rushing attack kind of got on track this week. Jalen Warren has been moved to the number one spot on the running back pecking order that was released today. Jason Taylor only needed three fingers to block a go-ahead field goal attempt by the Broncos in the final minutes of the game. Special teams once again delivered a win for Oklahoma State this weekend. Taylor was playing in place of injured Cowboy Trey Sterling. Kale Cabanis, a redshirt freshman walk-on, sealed the deal for the Cowboys in the literal final minute of the game, falling for a catch for first down. An unlikely hero came out and did exactly what needed to be done so that the Cowboys could walk out of Idaho winners. Hunter Woodward is finally in place at right guard after missing the first two games with injury. Remember all those times, and I've talked about this over and over again, that I think the offensive line has to work like a well-oiled machine. It's more one position than it is several different positions. It's, It's really a bunch of guys working to get the one position taken care of. Getting Woodward back into his rightful place helped our offensive line work like that well-oiled machine. It helped them come together. And while the pass blocking still does need a little work, the run blocking was finally able to deliver. And on a night we needed it most, the consistency rolling forward should help this offensive line. And just fantastic timing as we head into conference play this week. It was really, really reassuring to see what we saw out of them. 
I said from the beginning before non-conference schedule started that I liked what our offensive line looked like. So it's nice to get all the health out there and to see them perform well, get those holes open for our running backs. It was very refreshing to see. The defense, of course, is still good, like really good. But they still spent a ton of time on the field, especially in the first half when the offense went three and out, four of five drives, and the one they didn't was a 75-yard touchdown run that took 11 seconds by Jalen Warren. So they were tired, but they played hard. Brock Martin got called for an awful roughing the passer call late in the game, but otherwise he played phenomenally. Malcolm Rodriguez continues to be an absolute brick house in our defense. He had eight tackles on the game. And as I mentioned earlier, Jason Taylor, who took over for an injured Trey Sterling, played exceptionally well. All in all, there are things to be excited about moving forward. There are obviously still things that need to be worked on. But just getting that rushing attack, I think that was so important to the gameplay this weekend. I, I don't think we came out of that victorious without that rushing attack finally getting going this week behind the backs of the offensive line that are finally at full health and working well together. So all in all, I know it was frustrating to watch. I I was frustrated as well, having some time to sit with it. I feel much better about it. I'm glad to know that we have that rushing game that we can now implement into the game plans going forward. Obviously, like I said, still some things that need to be worked on, but all in all, a good showing from the running back room, a good showing from the offensive line, and another phenomenal play by the defense. Kale Cabanis and Jalen Warren, obviously the MVPs of this game, plus a little nod at Josh Taylor, who blocked that field goal attempt. Those are always fun. You don't see block field goal attempts very often, so when when he first kicked it, you couldn't even tell all the way but I mean he just tipped it enough to send it and make sure that it did not go through the uprights that's the kind of hustle I love to see from the defense the kind of effort that goes out into stopping that kind of play is exactly what you want to see from your defense especially on special teams so I'm thrilled by that Jim Knowles has to be very elated about the way his defense has played for the last three games and headed into conference play. It's hard to find that many complaints about the defense. So as long as the offense can stay on the field and and give the defense breather so they're not gassed by the second half of the game, they should play phenomenally against every conference matchup that we have coming up. But we're going to talk about some of the things that draw more concern than excitement from this past weekend. But first, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. They offer every sport you can think of, from NFL to NBA to MLB and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anybody in the world by offering all star pl- players from the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers all the props you can think of, including touchdowns and interceptions. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus projected numbers. PrizePick even even allows mixed sports entries, like you can take the over on Spencer Sanders' passing touchdowns and the under on Trey Young's field goals made. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Special offers are coming soon to Locked On users. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. 
PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Unfortunately, we do have to touch on some of what went wrong, but some of it is things that can't be helped. So starting off rough when three of our wide receivers didn't even make the trip with us to Idaho, leading receiver Jaden Bray, Tay Martin, and Braden Johnson were all out of the game on Saturday. They were already missing Lakeston Anderson and Blaine Green. Blaine did travel and warm up, but ultimately didn't play on Saturday. And then Bryson Green was injured during the game. So it's no wonder that Kale Cabanis got thrown into the spotlight on Saturday. I harped pretty hard on the play calling and lack of passing attack in the moment on Saturday. If you saw it on Twitter, I apologize. I get a little heated sometimes. But when I've taken a second to step back and kind of examine the complete lack of receiving core, Saturday starts to make a little bit more sense. Still, with the lack of pass catchers, the play calling was pretty predictable. Sanders had 15 rushing attempts. Nine of them came on third down. Thankfully, none of this mattered to Jalen Warren. He was handed the rock and did what he had to do with it in order to ensure an Oklahoma State win. Tom Hutton struggled a little with the punting game, but it was windy in Idaho, and even with the relatively short distance, special teams were able to pin the Broncos on more than one occasion deep in their own territory, which is such an underrated aspect of football, is being able to pin the opposing team back in their own area, especially with the defense that we have now. It just gives you a better chance at making sure to stop them from scoring, so While Tom Hutton did struggle a little with distance, it ended up okay for the punter this weekend. I have to bring it up one more time. The Brock Martin roughing the passer flag. There's nothing we can do about that. Obviously, refs are human too. Mistakes are made. But I have to complain about it one more time. Uh, So I'm bringing it up again. It was, by all counts, a clean hit on a playing quarterback. It should have been credited sack to Martin. And I will be pouting about it for the next three to five business days, maybe until Martin gets his next sack. Because, first of all, taking that off a stat sheet is never fun. But second of all, you're interfering with the game a lot more by giving the other team 15 yards and a free first down over a tackle that shouldn't have been an issue. So, again, nothing we can really do about that, but pout about it. And I am nothing if not a world-class pouter, so I will do so. Even without the majority of our wide receivers, the offense has to figure out a way to stay on the field longer than a few minutes. Not giving the defense time to rest is going to be detrimental moving forward, and it would be a shame to see this defense get wasted because they're exhausted and gassed out after one half of football. It is the last thing I want to see, and I know I have said this over and over again, but I cannot... I can't be more aggressive about it. I mean, they they absolutely have to figure a way to stay on the field so that the defense can rest. You have to hope we get Tay Martin and Jaden Bray back next week against Kansas State. Tay Martin is the normal X receiver until he went down in week one, and Bray came in in his spot as that X receiver without either of them were lacking in one of the most important pass catching positions on the field. You have to have that guy that can stretch the field, that can play short, that can block. I mean, they really are able to do everything. They're both absolute game changers. So to be without the starter and the backup was definitely brutal on Saturday. So hopefully we can get them back as we head into week one of conference play against Kansas State. 
Thankfully, we're back in Stillwater on uh, next Saturday, so we don't have to ever worry about that blue turf again. It was jarring to watch on the screen. I can imagine it was just as jarring, if not more so, to play on. But thankfully, next weekend, we are headed back into Stillwater, into Boone Pickens Stadium, which is the place I think we want to be to start conference play, to kind of hopefully get some chemistry back going if those wide receivers are able to go on Saturday and to get Spencer Sanders kind of going with them. So some things did go wrong. Like I said, not all of it is anything we could have done anything about. I still think the play calling needs to be improved a little bit, but when you're out all of your um, starting wide receivers, all your backups, and you're in your your walk-on group, it does become more difficult to throw the ball. I understand that aspect of it. So just my formal apology for having a total and complete breakdown on Twitter last Saturday. But, um, you know, we got uh, got a couple days to get everybody healthy and, and get everybody ready to roll against K-State on Saturday, coming up, the Big 12 guys and I discuss the USC coaching coaching opening and the rumors tying some Big 12 coaches to that vacancy. One of the sponsors of today's show, Sweat Block, is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. There is a dry shirt guarantee living in Oklahoma between the heat and the humidity. Sweat is a problem. Sweat block is doctor created and doctor recommended. Plus it works up to seven days with one use. Wear what you want to wear with confidence. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. This is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether you're presenting something to work or going on a first date. Use Locked On on sweatblock.com for a 20% discount. I also have to tell you about our buddies over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at built.com with promo code LOCKED15. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's a healthy option for a sweet treat. 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has 9 flavors ranging from raspberry to coconut to peanut butter chocolate. Are you kidding me? Is there a more elite combination than chocolate and peanut butter? If you're adventurous and looking to try every flavor, you can check out Built Bar's mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors over on Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's locked 15 for 15% off your order. Guys, we have to make sure Luke Fickle stays in our conference. We don't want oh him leaving the Pac-12, right? That's the first thing. I actually, I would, let's, so let's start with that. So the USC job's open, and I've been, I also work for Sirius XM this bunch, but like the, the, the idea that a past, current, or future Big 12 coach could take the take the the USC job is actually on the table. Bob Stoops has been rumored, you know, well, not rumored, but it just was a name that's been tossed out there. Also, the name of Matt Campbell obviously is in there. Gary Patterson has odds available. I don't see that happening. And then also Luke Fickle is somebody that has been talked about. So, Stephen, I'll go to you first. Your coach was listed in that group. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on you know potentially a a Big 12 past, present, current? Um, coach going to USC. Yeah. Well, let me address the Gary thing first. I mean, like 
I know everybody, every fan base says this, but that dude's not leaving Fort Worth. And if he did, he's not going to LA. Like Gary Patterson's not, he lost, he lost some weight, but he's not eating kale and like writing screenplays <laughs> in Los Angeles. Like that's just not, that's not the job he needs. And he's also terrible. Like I, I say this knowing who my coach is, he's terrible with the media. And awesome. that's why TCU is good for him because there's like four beat reporters. I'm one of them. So like, it's a good situation for him to just say dumb things and nobody cares. But in USC, he would be in a, a much bigger hotbed there. Uh, anyway, that aside, um, yeah, it, it's fascinating. James Franklin seems to make the most sense, but Penn State is a really good job too. And um, maybe it's just my own bias, but like USC feels like one of those jobs that you should have taken 15 years ago and not right now in 2021. I mean, I get that the – grass is always greener and there's a lot of resources there, but um, somebody's going to get it and they're going to be good. I, I just can't see like a super established coach going there, but Luke Fickle makes some sense. Just if he wants to make that jump, then the time is now. John. Yeah. I mean, Bob Sue's makes some sense. You know, if, if he's interested, you know, if he's a, a guy that, I mean, he's already out there in LA doing the uh, Fox big noon kickoff. So he could get a little bit of a head start if you wanted to just kind of, uh, test the waters and, and go see what USC has to offer, get some game tape and, and start taking a look. Joel Klatt tried to set the world on fire by mentioning every big name college coach, including Lincoln Riley as somebody yeah, that USC no. should call. But again, that's a, a name that isn't going to make any sense. Yeah, I think it, it's concerning a little bit if you're the big 12, that your best coach arguably outside of Lincoln Riley and Matt Campbell is can is being talked about as potential replacement at USC and then Luke Fickle as well one of the hot coaches coming in to the Big 12 I'd be a bit concerned you know you want those two programs keeping their established big time coaches yeah if you're if you're the Big 12 you're you're kind of reaching out to those schools like hey quick offer your guy an extension get him on the on the lifetime deal train right Linda Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm 100% fueling the rumor that Urban Meyer leaves the Jacksonville Jaguars oh, and yes, goes please. to coach at USC. Like that's it's I'm manifesting it. It's the only thing I want. The chaos is uh, chef's kiss. So obviously I don't want any of the uh, teams that are coming in to lose their coaches right now. I think that would be very poor timing for that kind of move. So Urban Meyer, baby. Yeah. Urban Meyer, high character individual. Uh, I really I've enjoyed watching his uh, utter collapse. Oh, look, this was predictable, by the way, too. Like, if you thought Urban Meyer, you know, classic control freak, successful coach, was going to go to the NFL and, and things start going well, y- you were not paying any attention to the Chip Kelly era because Chip Kelly was a good coach, and then as soon as that didn't work, the whole you know college control freak thing it wears off real quick. Um, Matt Campbell. So I think there's a couple guys you can kind of put together. I would group Chris Peterson with, and I said the other day, with Bob, right? Do not, do not, do not go coach. Take the television money. It's great money. You make a lot of, TV money is stupid money. Take it, enjoy your, you know, you're still in football and you're making just as much, you know, or not just as much, but a lot of money to do this right now and a lot less stress. So say there. I would say Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell, I would put together as guys who are in similar spots looking for the right job to make that next jump, but also they're developers more so than they are recruiters. And that's why I think James Franklin makes more sense because 
they need somebody to get Los Angeles back in order. They need somebody to get Southern California back in order because what are we seeing? That area is just being pilfered by everybody else. Doesn't Clemson, Alabama, LSU, all those schools can go across country and grab these JT Daniels, right? I know he's not actually a kid who went to, you know, was recruited just to Georgia, but they pried him from Southern California to go. So that would be my message is get somebody who is going to get that area back in order. And I don't think any of the big 12 related people are, I think we're all kind of on the same page. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I mean, you want to find a guy that's going to be kind of a good fit for LA. You know, I think Pete Carroll comes to mind to somebody who's pretty laid back guy. And I think that's kind of why he works in the NFL as opposed to an urban Meyer. Like Pete Carroll, like, I mean, he's an intense head coach on the field, but I think like off of it and with his players, he's pretty laid back. You know, he, he makes a little bit of sense. And so they want to find a guy who's going to have a similar mentality. You know, Gary Patterson, if he's ever going to leave TCU, he's got to go to like Tennessee or something like that, that we can get that guitar playing going on in in Nashville. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say like, you know, Steven may not be writing screenplays, but I'd be submitting his music to a couple of this, you know, to a couple labels out there uh, <laughs> trying to get that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me in trouble talking about Gary's music. I mean, it's a nice <laughs> album, but like, let's... you already called him bad with the media. Let's do, we'll stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, let's, we'll stay away from it. Steven uh, didn't say anything. That was all John. Here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure to check back in tomorrow for a glance at the Cowgirl basketball schedule and much more. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!